0: everyone and welcome to the royals rundown jacob, podcast jacob, jacob hold on hold on hold on jerry
1: cannot we cannot do this i i Ooh. we have to talk about the elephant in the room before before we can really get on here is it frank white no it's not frank but that that's so insulting it's well, me I, I, i'm the elephant what i'm the elephant in the room i i have to i have to fall on my sword here uh, I'm just, I, I have, I'll let you finish in a minute, but first I just want to apologize to everyone and especially to Josh Taylor, probably Josh Taylor's mom. Uh, you know, anybody who likes Josh Taylor, I was wrong. The Royal, I <gasps> I somehow missed in the awful season where Josh Taylor did barely pitch that he had a 13.25 K per nine he had 26 strikeouts in his 17 and a two thirds innings. I just like that's worth a million dollars and from a lefty that's worth a million dollars to see if he can do something for a full season. You probably can't. (laughs) No one would miss him if he was gone. Well, I mean, his mom would, Um, but no one in the Royals organization or fandom would probably miss him. But I just want to say that I should not have been quite so negative about Josh Taylor. And uh, now that I have admitted I was wrong, it's time for you to admit you were wrong. for for never telling me that he struck out a lot of guys and that
0: he he might have some future value jeremy ignorance is bliss okay and i am i am blissful over here (laughs) i am full of bliss (laughs) okay that's all i want you can you can go ahead now that's all i wanted to say (sighs) well thank you goodness gracious already hijacked the freaking show with 15 seconds in Hey, if if you didn't know, I'm Jacob Milham, That's Jeremy Greco over there. And tonight we're joined by a special guest, the man of many talents, Preston Farr. Guys, how was your weekend?
1: One of one of Preston's talents is throwing me under the bus. Yes. Pointing out that Josh just, Taylor struck out a lot of batters. Yeah. Not telling just me, just point telling out, the like, Pen being like Josh Taylor might belong in this bullpen. <laughs> it might be okay.
2: He might, but for what, like fifteen innings or twenty innings? Like, I don't know if he's going to be healthy. It's more innings than I'm going to pitch this year. That's true. That's fair. Same here. <clears throat> I think that's more
0: innings than we're all going to pitch this year. I'm still waiting on my spring uh, spring training invite. I, I will I'll. indeed pitch zero innings. <laughs> You'll be on the on the six hundred day IL. Is that how that goes? Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, hey, now now our listeners know who we are, and now that I am. Thoroughly thrown by Jeremy's hijacking of the podcast. If you want to keep updated on the Kansas City Royals, you got to go visit RoyalsReview.com. You can also find them on X and on Facebook. Jeremy I Rolls and Sue. You can also find us on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, at Royal Rundown Pod but the best place to find us is on Spotify. You got to check out our polls and Q and A's every week. We give you a chance to answer our questions and we will read your responses on air. We got quite a few responses last week when we asked who is a player you think will have a great season in 2024 surprise or not wanted to, wanted to leave this open to, Hey, it could just be the simple answer. Or it could be a more complex one. Um, Fistifer Columbus which I know I need to find out who this person is because he has a military meme as his profile picture. So I'm intrigued. Um, Since I didn't say Royals player, Christopher said Avery Johnson, the Kansas state quarterback is going to have a great season in 2024. (laughs) So thank you. I need to be more uh, specific in my questions. Ginger said Bobby and Reagan's are the obvious choice. I'm going to say that McMillan pops off this year, though, and looks like 2025's closer. Ginger, I will say this. I just got done chatting with John McMillan about two hours ago, um, and he seems seems honed in for the season. I, I will say that. Nash fan Sam said, I think and hope Vinny has a huge season coming off injury. Honorable mention, Singer gets back on track. Royal Rupert. Said Chandler Champlain, Andrew Hoffman, Tyler Tolbert, and John Rave. A lot of folks not on the 40-man roster, but we'll see what they do down in the minor leagues. Matt Kirsch said Bobby Witt Jr. is too easy. So I'll go with Brady Singer rebounding and having a year more in line with 2022 than 2023. I certainly hope for that. Thank you for all the responses. You can interact with us on this episode with those polls and Q and A's. And remember, you can only respond to them on Spotify. Preston, Jeremy, before we get into it, do have a couple of points of news to get to before we start talking about some of these uh, some of these prospects and what Preston's doing over at Farm to Fountain. So first off, Odyssey, the radio and podcasting giants who is important to all you Kansas City sports fans because they own 610 Sports there in Kansas City. They declared bankruptcy, filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy in Texas earlier on this morning. Now, how that affects 610 Sports and the other stations around the country that they own is yet to be seen. But you might be having some broadcasting changes to your sports radio fandom here in the near future. Keep an eye on that. Plus, Sam McDowell and several other sources are reporting that there's there's progress in the in the stadium situation. I know. Amazing. It is. But we're not getting a stadium. Not yet, at least. They well, one voted- step closer, which is
1: yes. more steps than I thought we were going to
0: have. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So they voted eight to one today in a special meeting to put the extension of the three eight cents sales tax on the ballot. Now there's a huge roadblock remaining and that roadblocks Jersey is retired in Kaufman stadium. Frank white now has 10 days to veto that and try to take it off the ballot. Now they could still vote. They only need six votes to override his veto. It would be six to three after an eight to one vote to put it on the ballot. At least so I feel somewhat okay that they would override a ballot it, or it override weird a veto. To me. Excuse me. Yeah,
1: it seems weird to me that they would vote eight to one to put it on there and then not vote to override the veto. Like we all, yeah. they all, they know as well as we do, maybe better than we do, where Frank White stands. So if they were going to change their mind because he vetoed it, then they wouldn't have voted for it in the first place.
2: That's yeah, you true. kind of wonder if he even vetoes it all, just assuming, like, yeah, it just, just pass seems anyway. like a waste of time. Yeah.
0: yeah. So we, but it's Frank White. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. <laughs> the clock has ticking over there. Jeremy had a really good article from this past weekend talking about the stadium situation. You can go check that out on royalsreview.com. Jeremy, I, I saw that smile. It was good. Okay. We said we were going to stop with the self deprecating stuff
1: i i wrote that at friday night at 10 o'clock because i was like oh crap i didn't write anything for this weekend like i was supposed to that's the best time uh, to so i i i question how good that article could possibly have been
0: it, it was it was good. all right like, no, all right yeah. if you say so i i'm forced to believe you <laughs> it's uh it's in your contract actually as my co-host you have to believe <laughs> me no matter what i say which is why you believe me about josh taylor any all right you want to bring that up do you that's, yeah. that's where you want to go yeah exactly exactly so for all of our listeners out there it's been a while since we've had you on on the podcast Preston I think we've had you on uh, once or twice in the in the past but Preston has kind of blown up on royal social media over the past calendar year thanks to his work with the minor leagues and now you uh you have a new venture Going on, Preston. You gotta, you gotta tell us what, what you got in the in the books.
2: Yeah, um I mean, I started with a Patreon that I didn't really like because it wasn't super customizable, and then I went to Substack and kind of felt the same. So I just made like a whole website instead. Um, just casually. So I'd- we launched that in in November, and it's gone pretty well so far. This month we added. I think we're up to ten writers now, um, yeah. and then we've got Kevin and Christian over on YouTube that are gonna work with us quite a bit. So. I'm excited and I mean really our our only goal there is to just be, you know, like the one-stop shop. I don't know if there's anywhere you can go and find the whole organization. You know, you might go to like Royals Review, we do great with the major leagues, but there's not as much in-depth out there for each level of the minor leagues as well. So, just trying to put it all together there. Yeah, for sure. And and the team you have assembled there
0: really really does it well. Jared Perkins running the MLB side of things
2: um you mentioned kevin yeah, I'm, super, I'm super excited with uh jared because he'll do a lot of mlb draft stuff as well um and take a look at you know what prospects we might consider next summer too
0: yeah listen there's there's a lot of names that, that i've worked with in the past on, on your team so I'm i'm super excited to see what further work comes out at farm to fountains but it's been it's been going great so far if you want to go check out the work and just, you know, see this, see this website that Preston just casually, you know, designed on a on a whim, you know, no no big deal. Man of many talents that he is. You can go it took visit. a long time, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet it did. It's not easy. <laughs> um, you can go visit farmtofountains.com, simple enough. And honestly, dude, you have, even since the last time I looked at this, you, you re-upped it. I think I looked at it like yesterday, and you redid the design since then. So that is absolutely awesome. There's there's so much content to look at and always coming out. Um, Preston, I'm, I'll plug it if you, uh, if you don't mind getting me a link later on, because folks need to know about the Discord that y'all have set up. So people can join and talk about the Royals at all different levels.
2: I'll shoot, you a, uh, I'll shoot you a link, but only if people promise to not blow up my phone about Trevor Bauer at like 10 p.m. <laughs> <it> was like, <laughs> that was a big deal the other night. Somebody was like plugging Trevor Bauer and like 10 other people were like, no thanks. It was yeah. Like, hey, know. So, fun, you know? so sad I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's terrible. That's awful. So Preston, just to... I I want to clarify this for our listeners, make sure that I'm understanding correctly. So people will know you primarily as a, as a minor league guy, as a, as a prospect guy, kind of um, you really stepped up and filled the role or the void that was left behind by Royals farm report in a sense. Um, but it's clear. This is not just a Royals prospect site. This is a Kansas city Royals and affiliated team site. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I want to, our mission, like our goal is to like put it all in one place. So if you want the major leagues, if you want the minor leagues, if you want the top five prospects, the top 50 prospects, really, we just want to put it there. So like whatever type of fan you are, whatever you're looking for, you can find it. What if I want the
1: top 77 prospects?
2: I can update it after
1: this and go up to 80 for you. Sure. All right. What if I want the bottom <laughs> 10 prospects?
2: What? I, what? I don't have that no. one. Sorry.
1: So I can't know who the 10 guys are that you guarantee will never make it to the big leagues.
2: Mm, Maybe Ace Lacy.
1: Oh!
2: (laughs) No, that's kind of a joke. Uh, He's doing better this offseason, so hopefully we'll see something from him.
0: Jeremy, you you know who I would put my bottom 10? Uh Uh-oh.
1: Who?
2: Jorge (laughs) Bonifacio, okay? (laughs) Bottom 10 immediately. (laughs) He's at least top 100 just on the intangibles.
1: <laughs> the veteran presence! The yeah. veteran yep. presence, Jacob! <laughs>
0: <laughs> with all, all due respect, Jorge Bonfazio done done good things in, at AA Northwest Arkansas at 30 years old. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Jorge.
2: do appreciate it. What's going to happen is in like, in like five years, there's going to be all these guys that played with him in the big leagues and they're going to talk about how he was uh, an inspiration and really helped them.
0: Yeah, probably so. And
1: then they'll win the World Series, and Jorge Bonifacio will get uh, an honorary ring. Then I will look like a fool, as always. Kind of like I looked like when I said that Josh Taylor had no value whatsoever and
0: got so angry that they hadn't cut him yet. (laughs) Preston, are you the only person on this podcast
2: right now without egg on their face? I I, I think Uh, so. You can find plenty of eggs somewhere. It won't take very really long to find something. <laughs> All right. Well, now hey, Jeremy's going to go look uh, look for something after we're done. Yeah, I'm
1: going to I'm going to start just
0: like scouring your tweets for takes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just just make sure you don't go back and search for any like Trevor Bauer tweets or anything like that. You'll <laughs> so get a you whole host of interesting responses from people around. Ronald if first. you uh,
2: <laughs> if you want the worst takes I ever had, just look for like Adalberto Mondesi. <laughs> I was a big to see an and Didn't work out.
1: Bad takes on the internet reminds me of when uh Josh Hader. They found out that he had had the the kind of racist tweets like in the middle of the All Star game. Yeah, and then so everyone started scouring all the baseball players' old tweets, right? And there was this one guy, who because I was on this story looking at what the royals guys were doing and there was this one guy who went and not he scoured all their tweets to see what they had said but then he commented on each of the each individual tweet hey people are looking for these tweets you should delete this before they find it (laughs) (laughs) he was like trying to save every royals player like in the whole organization like major leagues minor leagues he was going after all of them like I'm gonna individually save you by searching all of your tweets
2: who has time for that
0: that guy someone (laughs) someone does listen the the thousand IQ move would have been you just follow his replies to find (laughs) the tweet and then you screenshot it but a bing but a boom problem solved screenshots live forever that's that's how it goes. All right, guys. Listen, we're we're not here to talk about social media semantics and stuff like that. We're here to talk about Royals baseball, if I recall correctly. And Preston, I did want to talk about your top seventy Royals prospects list. Not top thirty, not top ten, seventy. Because I think it started out at like top top thirty, and then you just you know one day went, eh, I'll I'll expand it by forty players. You know, I'm just gonna just gonna add more on top of it with an individual
2: profile for each one of them. Plus not yet. We have, uh, we have individual profiles for like 28. We're getting there.
0: You're, you're, you're getting there. And that's, that's all that matters. So I, I'm looking over this and there are going to be some surprises out there because it's, I'm a little surprised that MLB.com is not updated their top 30 prospects yet. I mean, I I get it. We still have a good amount of time until the season comes around. But you're starting to see more of these prospect updates come out. And you would think that the folks who do it full time would have their top 30 out by now. So this is how the top five looks for MLB.com right now. now. Granted, this hasn't been updated since late 2023. Um, I don't precedent. I want to say like they updated it sometime in August,
2: and that was the last time that they touched it. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think they did it like early or mid August, and then last year they updated it like right at the beginning of March. So that's probably when they'll update again. Fair enough. Fair enough. So right now, according to
0: MLB.com, it's still Blake Mitchell as the number one Royals prospect, followed by third baseman Caden Wallace, pitchers Ben Kuderna and Frank Mazacado, and then utility man Nick Lofton. Um, Preston, your, your top five looks a lot different than that one. I will, I will say that, um, you have Frank Mazzucato at the top, which I wouldn't say is very surprising, but then your, your number two pick is probably a guy that you are very high on in the organization, higher than most. Can you tell us about Carson Roccaforte, right? That's how you say it. Roccafort. Roccafort.
2: But close, close. Silent you did better than Dylan Shroom. Oh. Oh my Anyways, god. Anyways, uh I I do like Rockerford a lot, mostly just because he's like a true center fielder long term. I don't think the Royals have very many true center fielders in the farm system. Um but he's got a really a really solid floor, really just based on the defense. He can play solid defense. He's probably gonna be an above average defender and center. Um and then on top of that. His patience at the plate's really solid. Last year, he was, I think his first 21 games at Loe, he got on base. And that streak only broke because he was like a pinch hitter in the seventh inning. So he's really solid at the plate. He's got a good approach. And the Royals, when they drafted him, they called him you know, a potential five-tool player. They really liked the power potential. And he didn't really show that too much last year in Columbia, but I think we'll see more of it next year.
1: Okay. He was, if I remember, he was a guy that a lot of people were like, Why why are the Royals drafting him here? They drafted him in the fourth round, and a lot of people thought that was too high. And then he had 21 on base streak, 21 game on base streak, and everyone's like, Well, maybe the Royals do know what they're I don't know.
2: Yeah, he was I think he was earlier. He was competitive balance round B. So he was right right after Blake Walters. That's right. Um and there were a lot of people saying, you know, like that's a that's a reach. But he was a late riser, a lot like Hero Wyatt was. Who they took mm. the next round. Um, He's still my guys favorite. Like, favorite named prospect. <laughs> <Yeah>. Guys like <laughs> Joe Doyle, Royals. they were they were really big on Rockerford just because of the batted ball data. Um, really good bat speed, really good barrel rate. So the Royals, in a guy like Rockerford, they're right. really focusing more on the the data instead of just oh this guy's athletic. I was gonna say the the Royals the Royals were looking at data
1: oh. instead of just being like dude. Dude looks like an athlete.
0: <laughs> looks like a guy. This or yeah. sorry, no, it's he, this. We guy. We got a video. Stupid. We got a
1: YouTube video. Of this guy he jumped over a car. <laughs> he is gonna be the guy. Oh. It's Joey Gathright for those of you who are too young to remember.
0: Yes, I I actually did need an explanation there, Jeremy. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm showing my age once again. They, did they he actually jump over they, a car?
1: Yeah, they traded for Joey Gathright, and then everyone found this video. He jumped over a car, just jumped over it. No, no uh, mechanical aids, and and it was like, see, he's an athlete. He's so athletic.
2: So, Unfortunately, well, there's probably, not a
1: lot of car jumping in the sport of baseball.
2: No, not not at all. Not yet, not but that might be a future real change. You never know. That would be cool. I would. I would. I would be excited. It about sounds that like one. something that might be up Manfred's alley.
1: Like, yeah, let's let's do that. You got to jump over a car to get to to get the first base. I think that would be fun.
0: Yeah, because I'm sure like the MLB owners get together and say, hey, we need to figure out a way to generate more revenue. Right. That's what we're really having a problem with is money. You know what? What they need to do. What is when you hit a home run
1: after you score, they put the car. They they drive a car out into the middle of the field and you just got to punch it into oblivion like Street Fighter
0: what? to get your bonus points what what type of car would you have them put out there jeremy i'm i'm curious i,
1: I don't put the bullpen car out there there's so <laughs> no one will ride in the bullpen car just drive just and then they just gotta punch it they could maybe they could beat it with a bat since they're baseball players but still
0: jeremy we, we need to put you on the on the what what is it the competitive committee or something like that
1: yeah there we go
2: i'll do it you calling <laughs> yes that that's it
1: Game day internship with the Omaha Storm Chasers is the perfect opportunity for a college student interested in exploring a career in the sports industry. Storm Chasers interns have the chance to work in almost every aspect of game day and event operations at Warner Park while gaining knowledge about the inner workings of minor league baseball. There's no better way to learn and grow while discovering your passions and goals than becoming a part of our Chasers family. To learn more about internship opportunities with the Storm Chasers, head to OmahaStormChasers.com. Or email Ania Tate, A-N-I-Y-A-T at OmahaStormchancers.com. Everyone get on your feet, stir
2: up the storm we're family.
0: Screw the royals, it's the committee. We we need your mind shaping the future of baseball forever.
1: <laughs> I got
0: plenty of ideas. I I bet you do.
1: I bet you do, friend.
0: Hey Preston, let, let's get back to your list real quick because I did I skipped over Frank Mazzucato a little bit because he probably shouldn't be a surprise there. Um but I feel like the what is it? The outlook on him cooled a little bit last year due to a pretty significant velocity drop. Um but however, you have a pretty aggressive player comp to him and he is your top prospect in the Royal system. Why why did you put him up there?
2: Well, the velocity is not there, you're right. And that's usually what people point to. But we have to remember, he's still young. I think he's 21. Um, So there's a lot more time for him to develop and add that muscle and add the velocity. But even without it, he went to high A last year and he was striking out like 13 hitters per nine. So imagine if he adds three miles per hour, what's that going to look like? So it's really just more about the, the projectability with Mazzucato. I think... The floor with him could be very low, but his ceiling might be higher than any other pitcher in the system. So that's why I have him so high. Jeremy, which would you rather have, low floor or, or sorry, would you rather have a high
0: floor or a low ceiling?
1: The Royals, for so long, I feel like, picked high floor guys. Um, Brady Singer, I think, is a high floor guy, more than a high ceiling guy, especially Um, Whit Merrifield was kind of the same way. Honestly, Nicky Lopez is a little bit of a high floor guy. He doesn't hit very well, but he plays very good defense and he had those throughout the minor leagues, he had the bat to ball skills and he took the walks and he didn't strike out, so he looked like a high floor guy even though that's not how it worked out. So, you know, even when you have a high floor guy, the floor might not be as high as you think it is. Yeah. Um and and that was actually I want to say it was you Preston that wrote an article after the Royals draft this year that pointed out that like, yeah, these are some high risk guys, but they, if they pay off, they will really pay off. And I think there's value to that approach. um, Especially when you are a team that has a terrible farm system, like the Royals, like we're not trying to fill in gaps here. We're trying to find some superstars. We're trying to find some guys that can really drag the 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 farm system and eventually the major league team into competitiveness and a high ceiling or a high floor low ceiling guy is just not gonna do that right now. Um, so I I it's when it comes to prospects, I think I'd rather see a
2: high ceiling guy than a high floor guy. Do you
0: agree, Preston?
2: Yeah, I mean it depends how low the floor is, right? But yeah, I mean generally, like when I when I'm putting together these prospects prospect list. there's i try and use a formula and part of that formula is like their upside in the future a starter is going to be worth more points than somebody who's probably going to end up as a reliever so i think the upside matters for a lot of like what jeremy's saying you can't have a farm system full of floor guys because you know it ranks 29th in baseball <laughs> yeah that's absolutely true a- but that's- yeah maza Sorry, is he won't be 21 until June, actually. So oh, I think his his ceiling's super high, and he added a slider last year. So he's he's doing good things. It's just people are stuck on the velocity for now. Okay. And I, I just wanted to add that like, there is value to a high floor
1: guy. Um, I think that's kind of what the Royals have added to their major league system uh, this year with the free agent signings as high floor guys. They may be not... I mean, they're probably not high ceiling, but they're guys who can stabilize things a little bit. And and I think that that makes sense for where the team is, because they had so much variation last year that that was kind of a big part of why they underperformed kind of their run values and stuff. And so removing some of that variation and giving some stability to allow the guys who are higher ceiling uh, an opportunity to kind of grow into that ceiling. I think makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. And while, while we're talking about ceiling, I do want to go to your number four prospect, Preston, uh, Blake Mitchell, because that is one thing that you hammered home on your analysis of him is is his ceiling and talking about his offensive ceiling. Probably, um, I would say, just judging off of your analysis and what I have seen in limited spurts, he probably has the best offensive potential in this farm system right now. Um, even though he is ranked below Kane Wallace and Carson Rockford, um, what are what are your thoughts on Blake Mitchell so far, Preston?
2: Yeah, um, I don't know. There were a lot of opinions about him last year, and I think a lot of the rankings that you'll see they're they're still just based on what his draft value was because he didn't really yeah. play that much last year. And the time that he did play in the complex league, like I'm not I'm not really putting a lot of stock in that because guys are trying new things. The team is working through, you know, changes to their mechanics and their swing. So um, but Mitchell's a guy, I, I agree with you. His his upside with the bats probably higher than anybody else. But the floor as a you know, a prep catcher, it could be super <laughs> low, right? But yeah. um I talked to maybe a day or two after the draft, I talked to Jay Johnson. He's the head baseball coach at LSU. Um and Mitchell was a, a an LSU comment. So I asked him, like, hey, when you were scouting him, like, you know, what did you see? Do you think he was worthy of this pick? Um, And Johnson, he didn't call him Joe Maurer, but he said he has Joe Maurer traits at the plate. And if it doesn't work out, he could be a pitcher with the arm. So, I mean, that speaks to some of his defensive value. So I think the upside is super high, but we're not. We'll see how it goes next year. If he really struggles out of the gate, then I think a lot of people will maybe drop him even more.
1: And Joe Maurer, if I recall correctly, was a prep catcher draft himself. and looks like a Hall of Famer.
2: At least I have him on my ballot. Yeah, I have him on my ballot too. (laughs) But yeah, by no means, like even Bryce Harper was kind of like a prep catcher, sort of. But like, I don't think Blake Mitchell is Joe Maurer or Bryce Harper, but I think he's got the upside to be like a, a franchise cornerstone catcher if he can put it together.
1: I'm just waiting to find out when they're going to allow, allow him to try and be a two-way player. If he can pitch and hit, I want Otani. Let's yeah, go. But how's he going to pitch and catch? Uh, well, you know, not at the same time, obviously. <laughs> 80 okay, grade speed, right. Preston,
0: that's how. Okay, 80 grade speed. Yeah, might gonna... be, that might be 85 grade speed. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I mean, we can't be breaking the, the scale now, Jeremy. Goodness. I mean, if you want a guy to throw 100 miles
1: per hour and then catch it, I think you're <laughs> going to have to break something. Like the laws <laughs> of physics. Yeah.
0: <laughs> very true. Very true. But yeah, it, that was a part of um, Mitchell's draft profile. Do you remember that? talking about like a 97 mile an hour fastball as a high schooler um, and a decent, I want to say it was a change up that he had as well. That was pretty solid as mm-hmm. well. Um, but I, I wouldn't put, any or I wouldn't hold my breath. Excuse me for the Royals to let him be a two-way guy as like a designated hitter and pitcher. I don't even know if he would be like a starting pitcher. I think he was a relief pitcher or something like that. But we'll uh, we'll have to see. Royals have surprised me this offseason. They can continue to do it in twenty twenty four. Um, Preston, I I'm scrolling through through the rest of your list. There's a there's a few other guys that. You know, it's like, hey, I'm I'm surprised to see like Carter Jensen down at 18. Um, I'm not surprised to see Javier Vaz up at number seven. Thank goodness, because he has a lot of value. But I want to get down here to number 20, because this is a very interesting prospect that people are talking about in the Royals right now. Ramon Ramirez, or as friend of the podcast, Josh Kaiser calls him Ram Ram, because I think that is the uh, that's the nickname to go for with him and you you have a pretty you have a pretty good comp on him Preston your your player comp for him is Carlos Santana which is very very aggressive but I I, I gotta hear Preston what are you seeing from this kid down in the Dominican Summer League that has you excited about him?
2: yeah I mean <clears throat> that's really like the caveat right in the Dominican Summer League yeah you know yeah. It's, you can't you can't really take that too far but he was, like, miles in a way, like, one of the best hitters in the whole league last year. Um, he was hitting for power. He had eight home runs, I think. He was walking. He walked more than he struck out. Um, and his strikeout rate was, like, I think, like 10% or 11%. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of all that, he hit for average. He hit, I think, like 340, and his defense is solid. Everybody says it's great. So there's a lot to like, but I, I don't know. There's plenty of folks, like, Prospect Live... Has him at number one. But if I haven't seen this guy play, I, it's hard for me to say, oh, yeah, he's the best prospect. Because there's like outside of a few clips that I've seen, like on Instagram or in play, like I haven't seen him play. So it's hard for me to really take that too far.
0: OK, and that's and that's completely understandable. Um, the, the evaluation that I want to go back to, because I have seen some of the data that um, this person is citing here, just baseballs. Um, Aram, I have not talked to him in a long time, but Just, just Baseball's Aram Layton um, had him ranked as the 99th best prospect in all of baseball, not just in the, in the Royal system, but the Royals' only top 100 prospect on his list, talking about, quote, the swing mechanics, defensive tools, and underlying data that make him such an intriguing prospect, end quote. And he does have some very, very good metrics. But like you said, we haven't seen him come and play in low-A Columbia, high-A Quad Cities, nothing like that. And we have seen Dominican Summer League standouts hit that level, and then it's just, bam, it's a roadblock. And we're, we're seeing some of those guys still in Colombia right now. So Preston, is, is he kind of the, one of the prospects that you're going to be watching more closely than others once the season starts?
2: Somewhat, but he's, he's probably going to spend most of the year in the complex league and you can't really trust a lot of the advanced data there anyways, but you'll, you'll see him play a little bit more. I think, I think I understand like having him higher and, you know, the advanced data, but it's, he's so young that there's just so many like outcomes. Like I was doing, I think I was doing a deep dive and I looked up like. Minor league catchers since 2006. How many have hit 320, had five home runs, and walked more than they struck out? Okay. There was like one or two more things. Like the perfect like cherry pick all these stats. I get it. But it only gave back like six names total. He was one of them. Carlos Santana was one. Alejandro Kirk was another. So like you can see the path to where he could be a very good prospect. But at the same time, Jordan Pacheco was another. And I don't even know who that is. (laughs) <laughs> Never heard of him, right? So Yeah. There's just a lot of a lot of variance, but he has a he has a good catcher's build. I just kinda wonder if as he matures will he maybe make that transition to first base. And that's where kind of like the Carlos Santana comp comes in because he kind of he came up as a catcher but pretty quickly moved to first and he had a good approach at the plate pretty similar.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, if you want to find all this information that Preston's talking about with Ramon Ramirez and many, many other prospects, you can go find it at farmtofountains.com. You can find his top 70 list under top prospects with a, a profile for a good amount of them. But I imagine before opening day, that list will be uh, will be filled out by you and the great team over there at Farm to Fountains. So thank, thank you for all that, Preston. do appreciate it. Is there, is there anywhere else folks can find Farm to Fountains, like on social media or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, so far we're on Twitter, just at Farm to Fountains. But it's hard enough for me to keep up with, like, Twitter and Threads and Blue Sky yeah. and all these. So I, we're just kind of keep it at that for now. But maybe Instagram at some point, who knows. I will say uh, keep an eye on YouTube because we're doing – um, those weekly shows with Kevin and Christian over there at Casey Chase the Pennant. And this Thursday, we're actually having an interview with Chandler Champlain. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Woo! very
0: nice. Very nice. Um, Jeremy, do you have any other questions or concerns before we move on to Royals review reviews? Uh, you know, I just want to
1: know where Preston gets off in just letting me make a fool of myself for oh like my multiple months. Oh,
2: my word. I'll tell you what, sure. if Josh Taylor like has a terrible season, then I will make a Royals review column just about how you were right about Josh Taylor.
1: All right. All right, I'm we'll appeased. Be,
0: okay. I will I I will go one further because you be, you never know who's who's reading your work, who's listening josh taylor if you come on the podcast i will buy a royals josh taylor jersey How how's that sound and i will wear it i will wear it for the entire 2024 season when i'm recording on and my you're gonna podcast. make me apologize to him in person yes i am jeez we're, we're both gonna be apologizing you know that <laughs> we should just
2: have like a like a Royals rundown live, and it's like you and Josh Taylor at like a baseball field and he like teaches you how to pitch and it's just hilarious. Oh my gosh.
1: That would be so good. He's like, you I pitch bad? Let's go on. and I'm like, my fastball sits like 45. <laughs> All right, well, where's your slider at? What's your change up? I I only have a curveball after that, and oh, I yeah. haven't thrown it in twenty years. <laughs> So I'm
0: guessing it's not gonna be very good. That's true. That is absolutely true. Also, my my almost bi-weekly plug for Nate Eaton. You need to transfer to be a relief pitcher. Okay, you need to <laughs> you need to start evaluating that. Because <laughs> I can't stand that his metrics are still among the best of the Royals bullpen for that one lone inning that he pitched. I have to have always something. picture. I have a, a filter on Fangraphs so I keep Nate Eaton out of my pitching stats.
2: <laughs> he had that like he had that one pitch that inning and I still think it was probably like the best pitch anybody threw all year.
0: Yeah. It was um I, I forget who does it on X, but someone like breaks down the individual pitching ninja. Yeah. No, it's it's not pitching ninja. There's some like um it's not a bot who does it. But talks about like the best pitches around around the league, and it doesn't Pitching show the Ninja's clips. Not a bot. Well, I I, I, I know he's yeah yeah I, I I know he's not a bot. I'm, okay. I'm not talking about like video clips. I'm talking about like the like the underlying data and just talking about what made it so good instead of just showing it like Pitching Ninja does. Does that make sense?
1: Are you talking about Lance Brozdowski?
0: Maybe that's who I'm thinking of.
1: Maybe because I've definitely cited his work uh, talking about pitcher like he had a he had a daily tweet he was doing for a while that was like these pitchers appeared yesterday and these are kind of what their spin rates were doing and what their movement was doing. And this is why it's interesting kind of thing.
0: It was kind of neat. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. It'll it'll be an account that I just see pop up again once the baseball season starts. Which, um, listen, we are we're right around the corner from spring training. It seems like it is coming up very fast. Catchers and pitchers will be reporting in early February, and we'll be having action down to spring training. Very much looking forward to actual baseball happening again for these Kansas City Royals. But for guys, the let's first go ahead time in a first while. Time. Looking yeah. forward to baseball. I know, right. <laughs> The Chiefs are still playing football, and I'm more looking forward to opening day than I am to the wild card weekend. I'll, I'll tell you that much.
1: I want them to shut Tyreek Hill down again. Oh, please! And, please. and I hope I, they need another strip strip six off yeah. of him. I think.
2: That sounds, that sounds there's gonna be. There's gotta be at least one personal foul with him and Snead. Somebody's gonna get like really chippy. Oh, I yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I mean,
1: Snead <laughs> Snead gets all those penalties anyway. Yeah. Um, which. Uh, not a criticism. It's what happens when you're an hey, elite. If you cornerback can, I don't somebody
2: time. said on Twitter, I think, but if you can like smack a guy in the face one time, get a penalty, and then he's like just off it the rest of the game, sure. I'll take a penalty. I will too. Hard to disagree with that. Well guys, we're already we already stopped talking about
0: baseball. Let's go ahead and keep talking about not baseball things with was our oils review talking about baseball
1: this podcast. Yes, Jeremy.
0: yes, we actually do talk about baseball a good portion of the time. Okay. You I, do? I try to I try to keep this I was talking about TV. punching oh. cars. <laughs> True. You were you were. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Jeremy, you already have the mic, man. Do you have a review for us this week or what? And again, yeah, so
1: know, I want to talk about this
0: amazing Oh, sorry, you were still talking. You didn't yes, stop talking. Yes, I was. It can't be about cars. It can't be about Marvel Midnight Suns. Um, and yeah, that's about it. So I want to talk about this amazing
1: video game that I've been playing called Marvel's Midnight Suns. No. Oh,
0: I'm
1: not kidding. It's great. It's great. I did buy
0: it and download it. Did you? <laughs> yeah, it's so good.
1: Right? Yeah. See? Really Everyone listen to me. Jacob, listen to me. He's a better person for it. So everyone else listen to me now. All right. Um, but yeah, so I will I will go ahead and throw out there. Um, oh, gosh. I had something on my brain and it disappeared. Somebody else go. I'll have it back in a minute.
2: Preston, do you have a review this week? I have a review. Yes. I don't really like, I don't watch TV like very much. If I watch TV, it's like something my wife wants to watch. So we watch it, right? But uh, she made me watch The Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix, like this new series oh. I made. Yeah. And I really like the movie, so it's like I don't why do they have to remake it? I'm not interested. But then I start watching and it, was actually super solid. Like the storylines are are good, character development's solid. So if you're if you're into that thing and you're looking for something new to, to watch, I would highly recommend.
0: Okay. Okay. Well I'll I'll give Jeremy a little bit more time to think about his review and I'll go ahead and give mine. Um my similar to Preston, my wife uh, maybe sit down and watch a movie called The Holdovers. Um, it's on Peacock. It has Paul Giamatti in it. Is like the he's the actor that I really only recognize. It's a it's a very interesting story. Not really one that I kind of connect with on a personal level. Talking about uh, a history teacher at a New England boarding school and like what he has to do with uh, with some kids who are stuck at the school over Christmas break and that story and kind of discovering himself and where he sits in the world um it has won a ton of awards already um i'm just looking at what they did at the golden globes which were last night now i'm seeing this um paul giamatti won best actor and one of the actresses won best supporting actress in it as well um it's It's been nominated for a ton of awards, a a top 10 film according to the National Board of Review. So I'd go check it out. It's not going to be for everyone. It's a good story and it's well shot. And I thought it was a good, good story to sit down and watch. Jeremy, your turn, man. You got it now? Yeah. But before I go, I need to know who's
1: your favorite Midnight Suns character.
0: I I don't think I truthfully, I don't think I have one yet. I only have about three hours in on the game. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to pick one yet. All right, fine.
1: I'll, I'll bug you about it later. Um, so I was on vacation for a good chunk of the last couple of weeks. So I watched a few movies I've been meaning to watch. Um, and I finally got around to watching Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny, um, which I was kind of scared to watch because like many people, I absolutely hated Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull or whatever that was. (laughs) Um, I can't tell you now why I hated that movie, but I did. However, I am a huge Indiana Jones fan. Uh, lost Raiders, the lost Ark, last crusade are two of my favorite movies of all time. Definitely. I think in my top 20, um, so I was like, well, I got to try it. And I, you know, it didn't get good reviews. A lot of people were like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's just more of the same. And I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, like it starts off in just as unbelievable a way as crystal skull <laughs> did. Crystal skull had him survive the nuke by hiding in the lead lined refrigerator. Right. Yeah. Um, so this movie starts with him surviving a hanging followed by a bomb being dropped on the building. He's in, um, he he's infiltrating a Nazi camp and they catch him and decide to hang him uh, for reasons. I, I don't rem- I, I don't know why hanging was the plan for them, but that was what the and he survived that. And then they literally there was an air rain and bomb a bomb was literally dropped in the building, killed everyone else, but because he was hanging by a rope instead of on the floor, he survived relatively unscathed. So yeah, it's still got some unbelievable nonsense in it. However, I enjoyed this movie a lot more. Um it's I, I I'm having a hard time quantifying why, but it was just uh I feel like perhaps a more emotionally honest movie. Um the action is still again ridiculous is what that means, but it was fun, uh, for the most part. I, I really enjoyed my time with it. The end was a little, again, a little weird, a little off, a little like okay that happened fine i don't want to spoil it beyond that um but yeah so not a great movie but one i really enjoyed and if you are a big indiana jones fan and you were avoiding dial of destiny because you were afraid it was going to be more like crystal skull i think it's much better than crystal skull i think that you can find things to like in this one
0: okay okay I'll I'll give it a shot. I haven't even sat down and watched it because I was scared it was gonna be worse than Crystal Skull, honestly. I, I think that's a legitimate fear, honestly. And and I'm not I can't say
1: that it's necessarily better like quality wise. Like the writing is still not great, but I feel like the acting is a lot better. Um and the it's it's just it's just go into it without too many expectations and just sit down and enjoy kind of a wild adventure with indiana jones like you always get okay that sounds good to me
0: all right guys it is uh it's monday night let's go ahead and get on out of here but before we do preston thank you again for for joining us this evening a lot of a lot of great insight and just really want our listeners and more people in the royal sphere to understand what you're doing at farm to fountains and the great work that's going on over there um where where can folks find find you on social media
2: yeah i'm still on twitter at royals Miners, and then i mean like you said farm to fountains but i do plenty over at royals review too so I'll of somewhere. course but just make sure that you have me on more uh sooner this time rather than last time because it was like i think it's been months
0: it has, like, oh, it has been a while
2: so more press uh, is more better make yes. sure we link up more often of course
0: of course plus we got to we'll have to link up with you uh, with your new podcast guys over there Kevin O'Brien uh, honestly like i was reading kevin for a long time before i started writing and podcasting and i just love chatting with him and jared all, all the time two really good dudes and even better writers and stuff so super excited yeah that's
2: that's definitely my favorite thing that we have going is it's all just like just good dudes. Like it's not even beyond the baseball stuff, just nice guys and people you'd like to work with, you know? Yeah.
0: And that's what makes the discord so great, which that link will be down in the podcast description below. And you can find Jeremy's article linked down in the podcast description as well. Plus our social links as well. Thank you again for everyone listening out there. Please go listen to us on Spotify, respond to the polls, respond to the Q and A's, and we will read your responses in our next episode uh we have one just in a couple of days we're gonna have dan Zimborski on from fangraphs plus we have another special guest who that podcast episode will be coming out later i don't want to spoil it yet jacob can't stop
1: requesting guests to record podcasts this is just so many
0: jeremy <laughs> i i made. Mean, Preston, I I love having you on here, but I I will say this: I'm I made a mistake. Okay, I had like four four guests on in three days. I'm like I knew about three of them, and then you're like,
1: oh yeah, I talked to this guy earlier this afternoon. Who did you talk to earlier this afternoon? John, John McMillan. Forgot. John McMillan. Yeah, I just talked to John McMillan this afternoon. Like, how many? Where are the? What are the secret interviews, Jacob? <laughs>
0: To be fair, to be fair, my chat with John McMillan will be an article on Kings of Kaufman rather than a podcast <laughs> episode. Okay, okay, we'll be that way. Yes, I'm gonna we'll be even more suspicious about it. But thank you, everyone, for listening, and we're gonna go ahead and get on out of here. So until next time, go Royals. Jeremy, say you're sorry, Josh Taylor.